By the time you hear this podcast, you'll know that this podcast was sponsored by the letters D-I-Y. You don't want zero problems, big fella. Yup. If one more label try to stop me, it's gonna be some dreadhead niggas in your lobby. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with episode 44. As we start the show with the Grammy Award winning <laughs> Chance the Rapper. With his middle finger to the record <laughs> labels. <laughs> so, uh, we're back with episode 44. And uh, first of all, I'd like to again thank you, the listeners, for downloading and sharing and or whatever just uh you know (laughs) if you are um sharing the podcast or just listening to it downloading Mm -hmm. it telling people about it we definitely do appreciate it Mm -hmm. um if uh you want to tell someone if you're you know you just keeping all this great podcasting to yourself (laughs) and you feel like you should share it um we would recommend that uh you direct people to our website by the time you hear this dot com (laughs) where we post all our episodes and we do have um uh videos or links to articles uh of things that we've talked about we also would recommend that you subscribe to our podcast on a variety of ways you can go to podomatic you can go to itunes Cast box, satchel podcast player, tune in, and the Google Play. Hey, wow! Don't 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 leave us <laughs> I out. Do, I didn't do that on purpose. Mm. <laughs> Not this time. Mm. Um, mm. You can also follow us on the social medias: <laughs> Facebook.com/slash. By the time you hear this, spelled with the word "you," also the same spelling for the website. But um, if you're feeling, you know what? I almost said that word. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to use that word. But if you want to go on our Instagram or find our Instagram, we're at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're not. We're 
not getting persecuted in any way. Mm-mm. Huh? What? <laughs> Persecution? What? <laughs> Who said that? Huh? What? what? Purse of what? I don't understand. <laughs> Twain had a purse. I don't need a purse. I'm, I'm a guy. Purse? What do you, you talk Gucci? Huh? What? <laughs> Hermes? <laughs> Louis? No, I'm good. Probably. No purses. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can visit our um, our Instagram with that spelling, with the letter U. And uh, that is the spelling for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com where you can send us your your comments, your episode ideas. If you're an independent artist and you know, you're just trying to get your music out there, then, uh, we are, we, we welcome it Mm -hmm. and we won't charge you a thing. We won't charge you. No, we're we're not, we're not a, we're not one of those, uh, showcases where you got to pay to play Mm where we're not, we're not, we're not that. Yeah. Um, we're just two guys (laughs) talking about (laughs) random music things. (laughs) And, uh, I I like discovering new music, so that's why yeah. we. Well, that's very fun to do. Yeah. Um. So, let's get into this. Yeah, let's hop on in. All right. So we talk about music news in the first segment as customary, and the first thing we talk about is um. All right, we might go out of order with this here. <laughs> hey, I got it written down. Let's go. Let's go with it. Go. All right. So, uh, music biopics are always interesting to me. Uh, I, with this one that I read, but I'm not sure if it's going to work or maybe, maybe in Europe or maybe with a particular, uh, a particular audience as far as like age group or whatever. Yeah. But, um, Ron Howard is set to direct and probably produce cause he normally does that with his films, a film about Luciano Pavarotti. And you know what? See, I didn't even, I couldn't remember his first name. So yeah, I'm not in that demographic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it will be produced, well, directed by Ron Howard and produced alongside with Nigel Sinclair, Brian Grazer, Michael Rosenberg, and Jean Elfond Festa. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be, the creative team will include Eight Days a Week award-winning writer Mark Monroe. And editor Paul Crowder. Um, they uh, well, they uh, Mark Monroe directed the documentary about the Beatles eight days a week. Okay, uh, the touring years, <laughs> and well, this will be a documentary actually about Pavarotti. Okay, so it's not going to be about because uh-huh. no. I was wondering who would we get to play Pavarotti? <laughs> Pavarotti? Ron um, Jeremy, right? I'm kidding. That that was a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> Can't just put Ron Jeremy in anything. Okay. Or can you? No, I, no, you can't. You no. can't. <laughs> um, so uh, there's that to look forward to. Ron Howard did say Pavarotti's life was replete with the <laughs> highs and lows of great drama. And like any compelling character, he was also a man of considerable contradictions. His artistic ambition propelled by his massive talent and his deep love for humanity drove his career and the powerful bond with his audiences, but they also fueled his other life as a world philanthropist. I'm intrigued by the way his emotional passion not only drove his music and his powerful bond with his audiences, but his gift of his other life as a philanthropist. I feel like he just said the same thing. Yeah, kind of did. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Brian Grazer also says this is a man who spent his life searching for success, searching for his soul and seeking his own fulfillment while the rest of us looked on in awe at his talent and enormous magical personality. 
and Nigel Sinclair. Another producer says Pavarotti's humble beginnings, the son of a baker who grew up in a small town in Italy and grew up to be one of the most acclaimed high classical artists in human history, is a truly powerful and life-affirming tale. It is great to reunite the team to tell the story of this incredible artist. Sounds like they're very uh, passionate about the project, which yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that's the key part whenever you do a documentary. Yeah. It's got to be something you care about. <laughs> it's got to be something you care about. Because <laughs> you, I mean, the work you have to do in a documentary. I mean, I've never worked on one, but I've, I've, I guess I've read documentaries about documentaries and just like it's, it, it can consume your life. So yeah. you got, it's got to be something you care about. Yeah. So, um, uh, if it's going to be in theaters or, you know, on stars or something, I don't know, but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if this gets a Netflix release. I wouldn't be like if they try to come in and scoop this up. Uh, probably. Um, the, the, it will feature the, it'll be produced with the full cooperation of the Pavarotti estate mm-hmm. along with universal music classics and Decca records. So they'll be able to use, uh, all the, all of his music, um, Which I think is very important when you're yeah. doing biopics or documentaries or anything. Yeah. It's very important to do that. So uh, you have that to look forward to. Um, I thought it was a biopic, but not, I'm just now seeing it's a documentary. Yeah. Otherwise, it might not have made one of our topics. But, hey, maybe <laughs> someone out there is listening, um, uh, is interested in Pavarotti and wants to see the documentary. So you have that to look forward to. Uh, no release date has been set on that yet. All right. The next thing. So um, I know it's been like, I feel like it's been like 10 years. When was the last album for the Black Eyed Peas? Oh, God. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe not that long ago. Well, I mean, Will I Am has been doing a lot of stuff. So I, I, I think that's why it doesn't feel like it's been as long. But I think uh, the last, the last uh, album was uh, The Beginning, which was 2010. Yeah. So it's been about seven years. <laughs> So um, people wondered, did the Black Eyed Peas break up? Was Fergie kicked out? Um, neither of those are true. <laughs> she is still in the group, but she is focusing on her solo album. Um, Will I Am, uh, in an interview, with the I guess the way he worded it made it sound like she was no longer in the group. Mm. That could be dangerous. Because um, <laughs> the, the, the way that social media like ran with that. And that was because she was not joining them for Ariana Grande's Manchester benefit concert. Okay. And he mentioned her as one of the many female artists they had worked with over the years. Uh, He said, since the beginning of black eyed peas, we've also, we've always had amazing vocalists that appeared on the mic with us. People like Macy Gray Estero, Debbie Nova, Vergie. On Elephant, there were several females that appeared on that album. Um, obviously, Fergie was the featured female, but on songs like Let's Get It Started, it's Noel, Skaggs, and then Fergie, songs like Latin Girls, it's Debbie Nova, and Request Line, it's Macy Gray, we will always work with good females. But he also insisted she wasn't being replaced, adding she's just busy working on her solo project at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh so she's too busy <laughs> to do a one-off show, but yeah, 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 for a good cause. For yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing against her. It just yeah, <laughs> it 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 looks like kind of suspicious because you know if this concert is being put together so fast, mm-hmm. 
um, and then people are, you know, committing to do it. Hey, hey, not everyone can commit to do it, you know, no matter what. The, if they're working on something, hey, maybe she's uh, she's got something going and, you know, MILF money came out like last summer or something like that. So people are waiting on an album from her anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Whatever. I, I don't um, know if they are. I mean, <laughs> I haven't heard any buzz. Yeah. <laughs> but um, she is still in the group. So whenever they make their next album. Uh, she is going to be there. All right. So, uh, well, we'll give you a quick update on the charts. Uh, Despacito is still number one. Um, the, the, well, the remix, excuse me. Yeah. The, the remix, remix Justin uh, Bieber. featuring Justin Bieber, the power of Bieber. Yeah. Uh, so it still is number one. And, uh, the number one album is actually, the Lincoln Parks. <laughs> Does that mean that their fans have finally gotten over hybrid theory? No, no, <laughs> they'll never get over hybrid theory. That's you. You ask it for a lot, right? Now. This must yeah. be a new set of fans then. Cause, uh, yeah, you uh, bring up hybrid theory. They start singing crawling, it's just <laughs> <laughs> but it does debut at number one. Uh, we'll give you the top ten really quick. Kendrick Lamar's "Damn" is still number is number two. Harry Styles number three. Then Drake "More Life." Um, Chris Stapleton number five. Ed Sheeran six. Bruno Mars seven. The Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, the volume two or awesome mix volume two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number eight. Uh, Epic AF. So it's a compilation. Oh, yeah. like, I don't know. And uh, Migos rounds out the top 10 and for the hot 100 despacito number one that's what i like number two i'm the one number three humble four shape of you five mask off six stay that's zed and alicia cara eight is the nickelback of edm and coldplay nine is Lil uzi vert and 10 is kigo and selena gomez hmm. Uh, so yeah, that, those are the oh, and the artist number uh, yeah, artist one hundred. Number one is the Lincoln Parks. Yeah, moving up from number fifty last week. Jeez, the jumps they have on this chart. <laughs> uh, Kendrick Lamar's number two, then Bruno Mars, Ed Sheeran, Drake, Harry Styles, Chris Stapleton, BTS, the Nickelback of EDM, and Justin Bieber. The jumps they have on this chart from from I, number nine hundred ninety nine to number one. To be number one, I get. I, it seems like you just got to put an album out. Yeah, basically, put a, well a successful album. Yeah, like oh, it hit number one. Cool. Here, have some. <laughs> but you'll jump from yeah, you'll from jump seventy five. Yeah, from one. basically from obscurity to like we know who you are again. Like <laughs> oh, we forgot about them. Yeah, the Lincoln. Parks. I think they just make this list by like. Write down a hundred artists that you know of right now. Just write their name. And the first one they write is, <laughs> all right, so this week is Foghat. Foghat's number one. <laughs> what made you think of Foghat? Uh, I'm 60. That's what made me think of Foghat. <laughs> so uh, congratulations to the Lincoln Parks and uh, Despacito, Luis Fonzi, Daddy Yankee, and Justin Bieber. Bieber is a lot of power, man. Better believe in it. Yep. <laughs> You better believe it. 
All right. So, um, what else we got? Well, we mentioned the Ariana Grande Manchester Benefit concert. Mm -hmm. Uh, it will be, um, on June 4th. So tomorrow, as of this recording, uh, she'll be joined by Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, the black eyed peas, um, also Coldplay, Miley Cyrus, Pharrell, Usher, Take That, Niall Horan from One Direction. I, I'm sorry, I don't know who that is. I, I don't. I, I wasn't paying attention. I was. I'm not a directioner. <laughs> I didn't pay attention to like that. Hey man, they might. They, they'll come after us. They'll, they'll. We love One Direction. They're crazy, man. They scare me. <laughs> Just saying, I I don't know about One Direction they're, is bad. They're crazy. Yeah, they're that crazy. I mean, I understand if I said I hate One Direction. Oh, now they're, but now I they're definitely coming but after us. I don't, I don't know anything <laughs> about them. What you expect me to do? <laughs> They'd say learn, but yeah, they're cra- they're crazy. They're <laughs> I think they'll say learn in the most hateful, disrespectful way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You should learn about the greatest boy band in the history of music, Greg. Bitch. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, I guess they would say bitch. Yeah, <laughs> and bitch with bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is this will be played at Manchester's Emirates Old Trafford Cricket Ground, some kind of cricket stadium, I guess. Right. But uh, it is happening two weeks after the um, uh, suicide bomber detonated a device uh, at. Ariana Grande's show at Manchester Arena, which did kill 22 and injure 116 others. Mm-hmm. Uh, she revealed her plans a few days after the incident. Um, with her plan, she re- revealed her plans to come back to the city to do a concert. She said, "We will not quit or operate in fear. We won't let this divide us. We won't let hate win. Our response to this violence must be to come closer together, to help each other, to love more, to sing louder." And to live more kindly and generously than we did before. Uh, proceeds from the ticket sales will go directly to the We Love Manchester Emergency Fund, set up by the staff at the Manchester City Council and the British Red Cross to aid those affected by the attack. And she is also offering fans who attended the uh, her concert where the incident happened. She offered them free tickets. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, it doesn't show here how it can be watched, but it well, yeah, it's on, live on YouTube or... Well, yeah, she's going to stream it on her YouTube page, and it's also going to be on ABC. All right. Yeah. So you'll have a chance to watch it, um, to watch it live, and see if there's any other any other names that were added. There were some claims of false tickets, so look out for that if you were... Uh, somehow getting to Manchester tomorrow from, yeah. <laughs> from the states. Beware of the false tickets out there. Have some um, respect, scalpers. Like, come on, yeah. man. This is this is for charity. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I said take that. Will be there, which would also include Robbie Williams. Oh yeah. yeah so he is he is um, back with them because I, I heard they were performing again. I wasn't sure if he was performing with them. Well, yeah. He he. He's performing mm-hmm. and they're performing, but he may join them. There's not there's not a guarantee for that. Yeah, for that, those, Bobby, that Bobby Brown ego. Just for those <laughs> who don't know about Robbie Williams, he is UK's Bobby Brown. Yeah. He's there, <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Yeah, he's there. Uh, he's kind of there, Michael Jackson. Yeah, basically, I mean, outside of the Beatles, probably one of the biggest. 
if not the biggest solo act they've ever had. Like yeah. he is huge. The, one the biggest pop star um in the world except for really in America. Yeah. And, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, because he's he's pretty good. <laughs> if you if you're not familiar with Robbie Williams' work, go check it out. He's pretty good. Um so yeah, that's uh that's who you can look forward to seeing um at the Manchester Benefit. Um one person who won't be there, but he's got some a few other things to deal with, is Chris Brown. <laughs> Hashtag segue. <laughs> um, Chris Brown, uh, for people listening to some of his most current music, has the song Party with Gucci Mane and Usher, um, and the, which has been certified platinum, that single. I need to check that out. I haven't heard it yet. But this week... A leaker posted 46 unauthorized Chris Brown tracks. Uh, the leaker named the 46 tracks the Heartbreak on a Full Moon mixtape. <laughs> oh, God. He, they went to, as far as to give it a nickname? Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, and this isn't the first time that Chris Brown material has leaked. Uh, includes a song called Surprise You with Kid Ink and Ty Dolla Sign. Well, that was a, a song that was leaked earlier. Mm. And on this list of the four, there are 46 songs. As I said, um, that have leaked. Maybe these were going to be part of an album, part of someone's mixtape. Maybe some of the artists that are featured, maybe it's on their album. Um, so there are. Um, <laughs> I'm just the, the titles are hilarious. Some of them are pretty funny. <laughs> um, Chris Brown has not commented yet on the leak. Uh, not all the songs appear from to be from a single mixtape. So they're from various projects. Um, or they may have been uh, demos or songs for his previous albums that didn't make the album. So who knows? Um, some of the songs feature French Montana, Two Chains, G Easy, Rihanna, Lil Wayne, Tyga, Tupac, R Kelly, Sean Kingston, Lyrica Anderson, Seven Streeter. Um. Some of the some of the titles are interesting. There, I already see one called Captain Save a Ho. Yeah, that's the one I laughed at. <laughs> I feel like that was a demo for like loyal, probably Geronimo. <laughs> bad bitches ideas. Like, yeah, some of these are. This, this I don't know. I I, I would like to hear this because you know mentioning that some of these might be demos. They're, they're not going to sound finished. Yeah, they're not going to sound polished. Um, but then also just looking at like what he was and what he's become, like. This wasn't on the first two Chris Brown albums. You wouldn't use these titles. <laughs> no, so no. Um and the G Easy collaboration. Interesting, interesting. I know a lot of people don't like him. Um and then Tupac still still coming out with stuff. What else is there with Tupac? I I'm I'm curious. What else is there with Tupac? I don't know. Maybe he really is alive. <laughs> If, I mean, like, we still, I mean, hell, he's, what, he's on a beach in Jamaica. 20 years later, you know, yeah. we still, what's today's date? I always forget the date. June 3rd. June 3rd. Well, the year is what matters. 2017, 20 yeah. years later, he's still coming out with stuff, you know, so, yeah. Um. So, uh, as I said, no comment on the leak yet, but um, it is a bit... That's a lot of songs to yeah. leak. Like that, that was, I know every leak is, of course, you know, somebody, you know, you know, um, divulging sensitive information, but like this was like a, 
like this had to be someone close to him to have access to 46 songs or just to have access to, to demos and yeah. you know I know I feel like uh, artists have to play have to play it close to the vest as far as their yeah. material goes you yeah. know you don't want to get stolen have it people making money off of you and it's and it's taking well not just well, yeah, it is taking money from you, yeah. but keeping the opportunity to still make money off of your work. Yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely unfortunate, and or and maybe it's also at the same time fortunate that it's only forty six songs. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's not as many as like Prince has. Yeah. <laughs> and what's crazy is like how much easier nowadays it is to leak stuff because everything's so digital. Yeah. You know, like I imagine in the nineties. You know, really before the invention of the MP3, when you're you're carrying things around on CD, a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And now it's just as simple as an email. Here's 46 yeah. songs, or hosting it on like a, a the cloud somewhere. If you, for people who have watched Empire, um, even though I like, I want to, I want to understand. I need to find a record producer who can explain the, the logistics of some things that were done on Empire, <laughs> like. How are you going to get a high quality studio recording with um, the uh, the mic that it that comes with your ear pods? Hmm. Whoever has uh, an iPhone, what? <laughs> like like those right there? The microphone on that? Because I know the 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 microphone in the phones are are pretty good. It's a it's a condenser mic, but nah. I got to call shenanigans there. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> so people, people might know a couple of scenes I'm talking about. Um, uh, whoever's watching it with Lucius went to see Frida in prison and he had, he's like, I made this beat, you know, why don't you, why don't you rap over it? You know, while they're sitting at one of those prison visitor tables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how they came up with a single. And that, uh, yeah. Uh, she freestyled over that. It's a single. I might have to call shenanigans Come there. on now. Yeah, like we, and he just had the phone and the earbuds. Come on now, might have to call shenanigans. Yeah, uh, but maybe it is that easy. Maybe it was a good, <laughs> spe- some special earbuds. Yeah, from <laughs> Mars. Yeah, from <laughs> NASA. <laughs> but uh, as you're saying, like it is that easy to get music out mm-hmm. there, um, and it can be good quality. Yeah, you know. So, um, uh, you got to protect your work. Yeah. Or, or get people who can protect your work a little <laughs> bit better than than what was being done before. To Chris Brown and uh, Alanis Morissette, I feel like we, they need to, we need to make a hall of shame like, of people just being taken advantage of. Speaking of someone being taken advantage of, oh god! <laughs> <the same way. laughs> so I uh, found a story here: uh, Suge Knight is accused of taking advantage of a drug, Scott Storch in a fraud lawsuit. So Suge Knight has moved on from hanging people outside of a balcony to getting them drugged up. Uh, so, uh, you know, we had the episode on Scott Storch famous for burning through a $70 million fortune. Thanks to a cocaine addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy who co-wrote cry me a river by Justin Timberlake, naughty girl by Beyonce. And he was trying to make a comeback. Uh, also known for the, one of the more famous piano riffs in hip hop with uh, still DRE. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to the complaint, Storch's life was in turmoil in 2010. Thanks to his high flying lifestyle and drug addiction, he needed money. So he sold his publisher's share of a music catalog for 2.3 million to reservoir media management. Mm. 
um, Scott Storch, excuse me, Scott Brown, a chapter seven trustee, it's claims this establishes a fair value benchmark to the value of Storch's rights. After the sale, Storch had still a writer's share of works through his agent. Um, and on information and belief, uh, this is his, uh, he'll be introduced to Parviz Am. Um, Amidvar. Omnivar. Omnivar. I don't, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that either. Uh, principal at Music Royalty Consulting, the defendant in the in this lawsuit. On information and belief, Omnivar explained that he could A, get his cash quickly from MRC without having to wait to receive royalty payments, and B, that such cash payments would be loans against his future royalty payments. Hmm. And uh, Storch allegedly decided against this, but later entertained selling his writer's share. At the time, Suge Knight lived in the same neighborhood, and he knew about Storch's, A, struggles with drug addiction, B, his inability to manage his finances, which made him vulnerable and an attractive target for extortion and manipulation. Uh, Upon information and belief, Knight repeatedly and systematically intimidated and threatened the debtor to obtain money. Suge Knight's a piece of work, man. Like, yeah. that's just... <sighs> um, so, she learned that Storch was actively engaged in discussion to sell his writer's share, and according to the complaint, went to Storch's home and brought him to the offices of MRC for a meeting with Anmidvar. So, he knew he mean like, I know this guy. Um, and... Uh, he brought him there for two reasons. Knight knew that MRC would MRCI would issue payment to the debtor and a check that would be handed to the debtor while Knight was present, so he would know that he had money. This is this is just upsetting. Like he <laughs> ensuring Knight's ability to intimidate, threaten, and coerce the debtor into immediately cashing the check and turning over more than half of the funds received to Knight. So he was just gonna force his way in. Yeah, this he's is, just going to force his way into into start scorch into Storch's money. How is this? How is he still a free man? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's free. He's not okay. Okay, I thought he he's in jail, right? Yeah. Okay. He, he hit somebody. He killed a guy. Oh yeah, he did. He okay. Hit somebody with his car. What am I? What am I thinking? What am I saying? Um. So yeah. So he's just going to like. He sees him get the money, so he knows he's had his money. So he's just going to force his way in, and then two. Knight knew that MRCI would knowingly permit his extortion and or refrain from taking any action to prevent it because MRCI benefited from Knight's intimidation by acquiring his future royalties for a discount. Mm. So he, he, he went there knowing that he could get in on this money and two, the yeah. publishing company wouldn't do anything yeah, they'd about be behind it. behind him. They know about it and wouldn't do anything about it. So, man, um, and it's claimed that Storch, who was sleep deprived and concerned for his safety, clearly, was then directed to sign documents without an attorney present while he was under the influence of cocaine and alcohol, and he was given a check for five thousand dollars. So this is. <laughs> this is so this is bizarre man yeah um you know you have to protect your work and 
you know, whatever habits, good or bad, that you pick up, you know, someone's going to, that maybe someone looking to take advantage of that. Oh, de- definitely. Uh, I mean, someone with with a um, a psyche this bruised. <laughs> I mean, basically, they just had to get them high on coke and alcohol. And yeah, and it, the thing is, you might not run into uh, a should night. Mm-hmm. Or you can kind of see it coming. You know what he's going to try to do. <laughs> you know who he is. <laughs> you know who he is. Yeah. You know the Vanilla Ice story. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel, I, depending on when it happened, did Robert Townsend take that story and put it in the five heartbeats? <laughs> <laughs> or was Suge Knight inspired by seeing the five heartbeats seeing that scene of the five heartbeats so which came first the chicken or the egg basically yeah <laughs> um so yeah you see but hey you might have someone like Alanis Morissette's ex-business manager yeah who methodically took money over a period of time and small enough amounts to where you to where notice it's it. not noticeable yeah. yeah so uh yeah, the more we yeah. the more we look into music news and stuff like that, the more I start to see like that's kind of a shady industry. Like some of these people aren't really on the up and up, and you really do have to be very careful. And what's happened here is that um, Storch would meet with MRCI. Excuse me, they would get a he would get a check for fifty eight thousand dollars. Suge Knight would be there. I know the amounts <laughs> and. Uh, he would he would come at Scott Storch demanding half the money, and then um, uh, after he cashed the check, yeah, Suge Knight again threatened and intimidated the debtor into surrendering tonight at least half of the cash received. This repeated itself in total, according to the complaint. MCRI gave Storch sixteen checks for a combined value of four hundred and nineteen thousand dollars with Knight then obtaining half through a combination of threats and intimidation. Why didn't Storch do anything? Like, it's just... Uh, Brown is now claiming fraudulent transfers and seeking rescission because of duress, menace, and undue influence. The trustees are represented by attorneys at Greenspoon Martyr. I know that part doesn't matter. That was just in the article. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So... Yeah, it was just, you know, being when you're vulnerable, yeah. you know, these kind of things can happen. Um, and this just it, like and this thing could, it seems coincidental, like, oh, Suge Knight just happened to be <laughs> a neighbor trying to be a friendly neighbor. It ends up trying to take half your money. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, very dangerous situation. I don't know if he's going to get that money back or what happens as far as future royalties of his music. Um, so this is this is definitely a tough situation, um, and hopefully it works out for him. Hopefully. All right. Um, I got nothing to talk about, man. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's going to do it for our music news segment uh, brought to you by no one. Um, so, Ben, what's your- their products before I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what's your earworm of the week? I came upon. Well, I've, I've actually this. I'm not going to say I came upon this. I've known this song for a while. We covered it um, in our episode about rumors um, is the opening track to rumors. Secondhand news. But I was listening to 
one of Greg's many playlists where he has. I feel like he just made these and forgot about them. Um, oh, do had a Fleetwood Mac okay. covers. Yeah. Uh, well, I, well, not necessarily oh, forgot about them, but like you had them, but then you were like, oh, I haven't checked on them in a while. I've done no maintenance. They're still good playlists, but it's a Fleetwood Mac uh, Fleetwood Mac covers playlist, and um, I heard a cover of Secondhand News, and then of course I was like, oh yeah, I like that song, and I've been listening to say I, I listened to it on the drive over. <laughs> I've listened to it a lot, um, but yeah, Secondhand News um, by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. All right, from the album Rumors. And we will be right back. That is secondhand news by Fleetwood Mac from the album Rumors. Because we we took the title of the episode from this, right? Yeah. Um, let me do my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good stuff. So you can check that out on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist on Spotify. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> so. Um, we haven't done this in, in a while. I feel like it's been a while, but maybe not that it's probably long. probably been only like two episodes, I think. Um, yeah, our Indie Instagrammer of the Week. Which I guess can feel like a long time since we you do this once a week, so you can say it's been a few weeks. Yeah. Um, I want to add a name really quick. Um, okay. All right, so pick a number, one through five. Four. It had to be the first one I just added to it. Oh, was it really? Oh. Well, uh, consider yourself lucky, Marissa Janine. All (laughs) righty. Marissa Janine, you can follow her on Instagram at Marissa Online. 
uh, just spell the like the name Morris, add an A, and then online, uh, so you can get the right spelling. But Marissa Janine is a recording artist slash singer songwriter. She has a website marissajanine.com and a SoundCloud, which we are going to find a song to play her music. Um, I have no idea where she's from. Uh, she has blonde dreadlocks. That's dope. Um, and we, uh, of course, we have no idea of the genre. Hey, just because she's black doesn't mean it's neo soul. Could be country. The the, the <laughs> dreadlocks kind of made me think. While <laughs> uh, I pull up her SoundCloud. Looking her up too. All right, let's see what we got to choose from. Uh, her most recent song released is called Boundless, parenthesis, thinking about you. Is it 80s influenced? I don't know. <laughs> um, also, she has a song called Standing, um, Real Simple, It's a Small World, Stop Chasing Placements, about this song she is featured on, um, Honesty, and Out the Game, which is available. Actually, all of these are available on iTunes. Okay. Hmm. Uh, drop the game. I, I like that name. Out the game. Out the game, not drop the game. That's that. Um, that's Flume. Out the game, yes. So, Out the Game by Marissa Janine, and we'll discuss what we heard. Babe Baby, won't you say my name? Ooh, I want you to take me Take me on out the game So much on my mind I don't wanna waste no time All I wanna do is share with you Everything I wanna do Oh, babe You got me feeling the vibe Look in my eyes Yeah, 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 yeah Ooh, yeah You took me by If I give it to you, boy, you better take it This is hard for me, this shit ain't really easy So if I tell you something, you better believe me I'm so sick of the games, I'm done with the play of course it's I'm ready weak. to ride I didn't really care for it, but I liked it The verses are bad, actually I won't tell you no lies Look, I swallowed got a nice voice. my pride I've got so much on my mind I get a little bit of uh, I feel like she may listen to to trip hop from the 90s I could hear that like Portishead Tricky mm-hmm. Morchiba um, maybe even Zero Seven 
I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Are they still uh, around? Yeah. Okay. And um, how long has she been? Let me see, because I kind of hear a little bit of Tori Kelly in her and just her presentation. I'm trying to see how long she's been around. Though. Well, this was from uh, she has a uh, she has an EP called Year Twenty Six, which I see on Spotify. So. That's where this is coming from. Okay. Yeah, her first purse was 2013, so she's yeah. she's been in it a minute. And out of the game... Okay, so yeah, I'm looking. Out of the game was posted um, back in 2014, so... Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, she's undergoing a lot of I like change. I like the song. Uh... Well, so you can hear there's no bass in it. Um, <laughs> Didn't even notice. <laughs> but it's one of those filling the space kind of songs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get I get a '90s trip hop feel from it, mm-hmm. um, and combine it with uh, with R and B, I think it, it turns out to be a good song. Mm-hmm. I just the chorus is just what gets me. Like I feel like her voice gets lost in the production. Yeah. Um, the 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 percussion kind of takes over. It's very hard to hear what her voice is actually doing. Like you can, I felt like you could hear a lot more detail in the verses of her voice versus, um, no pun intended there, versus um, in the chorus where it's like her voice is just drowned out and you can't really hear the detail. Um, like and the detail in, as in like you know you can hear her vibrato and you know in the um, verses and then like it's just all but gone when you get to the chorus and it's maybe it's there, maybe it's not, but I can't hear it. <laughs> like maybe bring her up in the mix, maybe bring down the mix of the, of the percussion of the synth or whatever. But yeah, it's just, it got lost in the, in the chorus. Yeah. It's, um, I think that's something we, we, you know, you've mentioned a lot with some of these, but getting lost, like in, that, yeah. the, the vocals get lost in the mix, either in the chorus. Yeah. Um, to and, where you don't really hear the, the vocalist is, the, you don't hear their strengths, I guess. Mm-hmm. And her one of her strengths is her vibrato, and vibrato being um, the vib. Well, I don't want to say vibrating, but like kind of the waviness of her um, of the vocals. Very, you hear it a lot on the end of a vocal line of a vocal phrasing. You throw in the um, some vibrato to make it sound nicer. Um, and like yeah, and I think honestly that's probably like the trope of a inexperienced producer. Someone who might not have, you know, or even just, you know, people in it, you know, who are just inexperienced in recording in general, um, you know, they might not be the best at mixing. You know, you you have the chorus and, of course, the chorus is typically when everything kind of comes in, all of the instruments come in, so to speak. Um, and, you know, all the instrumentation might be really loud and then the vocalist just gets lost like and and it's either because you didn't bring them up high enough in the mix or the mix of the instruments are just so high that like, if you bring up the person any higher, the voice is going to distort or maybe they just weren't singing loud enough, you know, with the mix. I mean, it could be a number of things, but um, typically someone who's a little bit more polished and famous, they're going to, they're going to have that under control that you're not going to hear that. Like you're not going to hear that in a, 
never thought I'd say this a Metro Boomin song or like a Timbaland song or um or even like, you know, to take it old school, a Butch Vig production. You're not gonna hear that <laughs> in his, you know, in in his songs because he knows how to properly, you know, how to properly mix, you know. Watch for levels and make sure that you're not clipping and you know, make sure you're staying out of that red. Things like that. Well, um, yeah, we need to find, we need to get more, find some music, more music producers who mm-hmm. can, you know, also, also speak to that. Um, because there are, I mean, it's, it, you ever think that it's something like that could, that could keep someone from getting, Oh, I would, I would only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, if, Hell, I mean, like Timbaland put together, you know, the team, the clutch, which was his team, which I'm sure handled a lot of his production duties when he was you know, really big. You're not getting on the clutch if you have those issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he hears this and he's like, mm, like your production, your instruments are really distorted. And because I mean, like, I think and I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but the word producer, especially in hip hop and R&B, I think is a misused term. Yeah, it, I think like producer in hip hop is it's a composer, basically. Yeah. Because I was, as a matter of fact, I was talking to a guy at my job and he was like, um, he's like, I'm a producer. And and I was like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, I can, I put this together and I put this together. I was like, oh, so you compose the music. You make beats. He's like, yeah. I'm like, that's, and I kind of explained that to him. Like, it's a very misused term. If you're making a beat, that's music. You're, you know, you're basically, you're a, you're like an Elton John. That's what Elton John does, basically. Elton John composes music, and then Bernie Taupin or Tim Rice comes along and gives him lyrics. So, like, you're you're kind of like an Elton John. Whereas, like, you know, in a lot of other senses, a producer is almost like a hired ear. Like, they might add something to the song, but it's typically not going to be, like, it's, it's really no more than structure. It's like, you know, uh, take out that, you know, maybe come to the chorus earlier, cut that verse in half. Put a bridge here. I, I know you don't watch Empire, uh, <laughs> but for people who do, that's Cookie. Okay, Cookie is a producer. She she's not um, with the show. Like Lucius is like the he does everything. He's the artist. He's the producer. He's a businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamal is a, is the you know he's a musician. Uh, Hakeem is a rapper, and Andre's a businessman. But with Cookie. How her basically she's not a musician, but mm-hmm. she has that ear mm-hmm. and she knows what songs work or how songs can fit together, like putting artists together. She is really a troop. She's a yeah. producer in that sense, in the way that you've described. And that's a really important skill to have, because, I mean, if you think about it, like think about your favorite song. What if that verse was too long? <laughs> what if that chorus? Because, I mean, like when we listen to that demo of Owner of a Lonely Heart, like that's a really good example of how production like post-production like here's the song and someone coming in and saying you're not going to do that take that out (laughs) and the thing with that we listened to that demo and how the song originally sounded Mm -hmm. they took out everything but the chorus yeah Mm -hmm. and only they kept the words of the chorus (laughs) Change the verses all together. Change the verses all together. It turned out to be a totally different, Mm -hmm. it's a totally different song. Yeah. Um, And that's the power of a good producer coming in and saying, or like even some producers will like harmonies, they'll be like, oh, this harmony would sound nicer. And, um, and I think honestly, and I would have to talk to someone who is a hip hop producer because I don't know many, but I think that might also be the other part of producer's role working with a good engineer. 
um, making sure that you mic things properly, you record things properly, making sure that when like you're recording that vocal, you know, having the person sing as loud as they can so we can get an idea of like, at what volume will you clip? Do you, you know, and then teaching Neil kind of brought this up a few years ago when I was listening to him. Um, he has a artist production, not production artist, um, development, um, company in Atlanta. And he was like teaching people how to sing in a recording booth, singing live versus singing in a recording booth. Very different. I'm not going to lie. I've still not mastered it just because I'm so used to singing live versus in a recording booth. And there's just different things you do. You can't, you know, you don't always belt things out in a recording booth because you might clip and that sounds bad on the recording, things like that. So, um, and those are probably some of the things that an inexperienced producer is just not going to know how to do because in a sense, a producer is also kind of like a director in a movie, like a director in a movie will kind of, you know, they're the ones who they, they block out the scenes and then they also give, you know, they give tips to the actors. A producer needs to be able to give tips to the, the singer, to the artist. Um, and some inexperienced producers not going to know how to do that. Not their fault. They have to learn it, you know? Yeah. Um, there's more to, like I said, there's more to being a producer than, than, than beat making. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you are, you are a, you are a composer arranger, not exactly a producer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, this is a good way to, to segue into our, um, it again, is, thank you, Marissa <laughs> Janine. Yes. Yes. We enjoyed Marissa it. online. Um, we'll include the name of the song in the, um, in our episode description. And she is on Spotify. That song is on Spotify. So you, it's added to our BTTYHT indie Instagrammer of the week playlist. Um, so yes, thank you for mm -hmm. liking our posts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a good segue into, you know, our topic, which is about independent artists, um, and the different ways they have impacted the music industry. Uh, we started the show off with Chance the Rapper, who famously is the most famous unsigned artist in the world right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and famous for just basically not like going out of his way to not be signed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he makes money through um, his merchandise. He has his own like clothing line, you know, the, the famous three hat. Mm -hmm. um, and from doing shows yeah. like he's made no money off of his album, which is technically free. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> so, doesn't get anything on Spotify though, from the streams or anything well, like that. Well, possibly. Yeah. Well, maybe that. Yeah. But you know, he has no, no physical album yeah. sales or no, no money from that. At least mm -hmm. I don't, but it's a streaming only yeah. album. I would say outside of having a merch table, that is, truly an independent artist right there. <laughs> like I just make money off of performing like that's Yeah. Don't get much more indie than that. You know, and the, he has, well, except he goes out of his way to, to, um, to not get signed. You know, he wants to have control over mm -hmm. his musical destiny. And I think that's something that any, musician can appreciate mm -hmm. uh some people you would think like he was signed with a label maybe just for the for the security uh in a way um or the or to have the the, the marketing publicity yeah. machine the press machine behind him yeah. that can come with the label but i think um the, the success that he's had the 
just by way of of word of mouth or working with yeah. uh, working with particular artists, which I think uh, really did help him. You know, yeah. um, especially especially a Kanye West or mm-hmm. uh, or Childish Gambino, uh, Lil Wayne, Two Chains, um, just by having those artists vouch for him. Yeah, yeah, an endorsement from Kanye is a good endorsement. Yeah. Huge endorsement. Huge and it endorsement. just, and I mean, honestly, it got him in the door because I mean, like, let's be real. There've been other people, um, endorsed by bigger artists that, you know, nothing came of it. Yeah. For some reason, I keep thinking of Mr. Short Chop that was on the, um, I don't even know who that is. Ice Cube song, Push Rhymes, like, wait, he guessed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. See, big endorsement from, <laughs> from Ice Cube, but nothing happened. So, I mean, like that gets you in the door. I guess that reminds me of, um, remember Kenna? Yes. Is he still doing stuff? I have no idea. I like it. Free time, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that song. But he was produced by the Neptunes. Oh, okay. And he was criti- and you know, there were a lot of critics, mm-hmm. Rolling Stone or Vibe or Spin, you know, any of those mm-hmm. magazines like this is gonna be he's gonna be the next big thing. Mm. Y- y'all probably don't even know who we're talking about right he now. He might have been too early. He'd <laughs> he, be huge he, right I now. I think he was ahead of his time. <laughs> like, I think if he came out now, he'd be competing like with like the weekend as far yeah. as for, you know, an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's when, or, uh, well, I don't know if, if they're indie, but the Arctic Monkeys. Uh, they're not indie. They just have, they just have an indie sound, which is honestly a, a very interesting topic in itself like an actual independent artist versus an artist just with an indie sound which was developed by independent artists <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah i would just mentioned it for a time they were called the next beatles and you yeah. know how it is like i i don't personally feel that way with with people being compared to big artists mm-hmm. but i know for probably the majority you don't compare someone to the beatles yeah. that that's they're on that list of artists that should we do a because five of artists that no one should ever be compared to probably (laughs) especially if you're british yeah (laughs) they were british and compared to oh these are the next beatles and i don't think they want it to be no (laughs) and i think they've gone out of their way to not be um every album they've ever done sounds different so yeah they they want that comparison Uh, one thing that you brought was the like the indie sound yeah um as far as the different genres have their have the you hear something like, oh, they, they must be independent because mm-hmm. it is. You think that's because it doesn't sound pop or it doesn't sound like or is it doesn't sound like what's popular at the time. Yeah. Like any elements or um, or any certain sounds or instruments or anything like that. I think so, because, I mean, independent music um, had the had the I'm trying to think of the word I guess the safety net of not having to you know to impress anyone like you don't you don't you don't answer to a label famously we've talked about um the um the Marshall Mathers LP where yeah. you know, like we don't hear a single you're an independent artist no one tells you we don't hear a single so, so you're free to do a lot more um and then that kind of became a genre like you know well, hey let's just I don't want to say hey let's sound weird for the sake of being weird but let's you know let's sound a little bit more experimental um, not quite shoegazing, shoegazing being the term created because you're literally just looking at your pedals all the time. So you're yeah. gazing at your shoes. <laughs> um, so not quite that, but like a little bit more of a experimental sound, uh, ethereal, you know, like kind of atmospheric, like, you know, like, um, heavy synth 
with you know sparse guitar and, and when we're going to play the guitar it's going to be heavily it's going to be heavily delayed typically um not the most distorted it might be distorted sometimes i mean like indie artists like uh um I'm trying to think of well radiohead being one of the more famous ones um and i'm, I'm drawing blanks on bands i'm trying to think of i was for some reason uh my bloody valentine keeps coming to my head but i think they actually started out as an independent artist so i don't i can't really count them i'll, I'll think of some later but i mean i, I feel like you kind of know the sound i'm talking about like well yeah i mean i would i would yeah. that to the the indie the indie rock yeah sound wilco okay yeah yeah all right um i also say that if it was someone who's an independent hip-hop artist um the I don't know if sense would be sense oh, yeah. would be used much. Uh, there'll probably be more sampling, like yeah. And I'm that like, was more so like indie rock with independent yeah. rappers. Typically, I mean, and you let me know if you agree here. They're typically not going to cover mainstream subjects. Yeah, and it's very it's very it's regional. Yeah, most certainly regional. Um, and you can hear something and you could probably decipher where that person is from. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a sample, especially of a jazz song, it's going to be, they're probably from New York. Mm-hmm. If it's a sample of a seventies funk song, they're from probably from LA, <laughs> maybe Chicago. Yeah. Maybe Chicago. Um, if it's uh heavy sense and, and bass, May, uh, that might be uh, that might be Atlanta. Yeah, I was gonna say the South or Florida, maybe Florida, possibly. The and if sound. it's and if it's a song that was probably recorded at regular speed, but then slowed down a lot, that's Texas. probably Houston. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. So and then if it if it sounds like something that you don't know if you could dance to it or not, that's probably somewhere in the Northwest. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, if, if you're trying to sound like any of those places, um, and it's obvious that you're trying to sound like them, then you're probably from Toronto. But (laughs) anyway, um, so, uh, you know, I, I bring, well, I bring the Northwest because I think the, when the more like with chance the rapper, Mm -hmm. it's just based on, um, I'm not sure I haven't like read any interviews or, or anything like that, but just from the outset, from what he wants, he, he just, he wants to have control over his career. You know, yeah. he may have seen like too many talented people get screwed, get over. screwed over. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he wants to have control over, you know, um, merchandising and what kind of music he puts out there, who he wants to work with. Like right now, Okay, he he's he won what three Grammys yeah. this year, and for his next project, he can still do whatever he yeah. wants. <laughs> he can I bet still he saw that whatever uh, he wants. That TLC behind the music, maybe the Google Dolls behind the music. <laughs> he saw. He was like, Nah, not me. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, he's. If he's not his, I feel like he's his own business manager. I don't know mm-hmm. if he has one. I don't know either, <laughs> but. You know, he probably could say, like, should I, should I just, just put my money in a bank and, <laughs> you know, have a savings account? Or, or under a mattress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mattress. Like, uh, you know, does he, does he do anything like that? I mean, um, 
I think it's it could be inspirational to a lot of other artists to mm-hmm. um, to take control of their own careers and not worry so much about like when we talked about with um, on the then we talked about New Edition um, and the issues they went through yeah. to where they got screwed over on the first album, mm-hmm. they got screwed over on the second album. They had to take out a loan from the record company and had to pay that back yeah. with the third album. Like <laughs> the fourth they? album, they didn't make a whole lot because they weren't going to get any a whole lot of publishing and royalties because it was a covers album. Yeah. So finally, with heartbreak, <laughs> did they start to see the? Real did they money? start to make any real money? Yeah. And you know something like that to where you know they had no, they were just some kids, mm-hmm. and they got taken advantage of in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. you know the but the thing is you know watching their behind the music they they were going to make money from touring yeah they had to depend on that mm-hmm. so um they did not money from album sales didn't matter yeah and i think kind of in, in a way that's going to be the the kind of thinking for a lot of artists today. Yeah. The album sales, you're not going to get a whole lot of that. Mm-mm. Not anymore. I mean, it used to be that way. And that's, and that's why, you know, like you mentioned, it was a big deal for new edition who got screwed. The Google dolls who got screwed TLC who got screwed. They were expecting to make money off of their records and they didn't. So yeah, they had to get out there and they had to play shows to make money. Luckily, um, because, God, I forgot, yeah, New Edition for, like, so many albums didn't. Luckily for the Google Dolls, it was only, like, a few albums. Like, and it was, like, maybe one or two. And then by the time A Boy Named Goo came out, that's when they started to see money. And then with TLC, I think, well, they got screwed on Crazy Sexy Cool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was, if you're going to get screwed over on one, you don't want to get screwed over on that one. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the one that, like, made them superstars. Yeah. So and they actually filed bankruptcy like not too soon after they yeah. went like triple platinum or whatever. And but, so when you yeah. see stuff like that, you can kind of understand why a um, someone like Chance the Rapper might be apprehensive to even sign with a record company after making it, because yeah. you just you you've got instances of because when the record when the record industry hurts you, they hurt you. Like it's not like a oh we just you know we took a little bit from you. No, we took everything. You have nothing. Now get out there and play shows. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so I can only imagine, you know, he probably, and, but, and luckily for him, it's working, you know, yeah. cause like, I mean, he might be, and I know we'll, we'll talk about some other artists, you know, here, but like, he's probably the biggest, he's the poster child for independent artists right now. No one has been able to do what he's been able to do to this level. Um, period, you know, even, yeah. Even Macklemore had to sign with, uh, well, not sign with, but he had to get a promotion deal with Warner Brothers to get the heist promoted. Well, that's uh, I wanted to, to bring that up um, because that it that's a curious case of they made their album um, and then took it and chopped it. Yeah, let, let me see what their um, uh, well, it was it was released themselves. Yeah. Uh, but they did get a. Uh, it was distributed on the Alternative Distribution Alliance, which mm-hmm. is a distribution group owned by Warner. Which shows that Warner Brothers didn't believe in it, because Warner Brothers is like, we're not going to put our name behind it. We'll give it to. Is is like giving something to Fox Searchlight. 
Like it's like we're just gonna give it to these people, and if something happens, it happens. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was under what Malcolm Moore LLC, I think it said. Yeah, and um, and they distributed it kind of like how Cash Money had that you know their distribution model with um, with uh, Universal when was they were really Universal big. Too? Mm-hmm. Okay, with yeah, Universal. Yeah, yeah. So, but like Chance the Rapper, no distribution, no nothing. He's just out here doing it through the power of social media, through the power of streaming. Like, I'm pretty sure if he had a conversation with one Taylor Swift, he'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, streaming is hurting sales. Like, streaming is what has allowed people like him and um, the most important artist in black music, Ed Sheeran, to thrive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, Ed Sheeran would be the first to tell you, like, you know, it helped that I toured with Taylor Swift, but also, you know, people being able to go on Spotify and hear my music for the first time helped. Um Fun fact, he was discovered by Jamie Foxx. Um, mm. But, like, it's so, like, you know, and the technology today, like we were talking about earlier, the technology that's around today allows you to do that. It's cheaper now than ever to record an album, to get broadcast quality. I mean, hell, we're sitting in your living room with two microphones going into a, a MacBook Air. <laughs> and this sounds pretty close to broadcast quality. Like, it's yeah. very easy nowadays to do it. Hell, if you brought in condenser mics, it would be broadcast quality. <laughs> so um, nowadays, it's just a lot cheaper. The, you know, it's easier to do. The learning curve for recording is a lot simpler. You know, versus back in the sixties and fifties, sixties, seventies, when it was more of an art. Not to not to insult what producers are doing nowadays, but it was more of an art. You didn't have, you couldn't simulate a, a guitar cabinet back then. You actually had to have a guitar cabinet, and you had to know how to mic it. Um, I recorded a demo like maybe six or seven years ago, probably more. There were no other than my guitar. There were no real instruments on it, but you couldn't tell <laughs> just because of how far technology has come. And like that makes it a lot easier to do this nowadays. Um, with uh, one, one thing that that like kind of interests me with that. And I think this is um, it's my chance to rapper. It's my like Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. They produced it themselves, recorded mm-hmm. themselves, they put it out themselves um, without a whole lot of promotion. Yeah. Uh, or the promotion was really um, condensed or, or yeah. concentrated in only certain areas. So basically, like with Chance the Rapper, it, it, he has gotten his success off of word of mouth. And yeah. w- word, well, word of mouth is supposed to be like a step mm-hmm. for him. It's, it was the, the whole thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and then to bring it back yeah. even. So looking at social media, um, that's how Macklemore blew up. You make a funny video. Like this is something that people do just on, for fun. You make a funny video about thrift shops, which is really anti hip hop. Oddly enough, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> instead of, you know, making a song about this, these, you know, expensive clothes I got. Yeah. I, he made a song about shopping at the Goodwill. Yeah. Popping tags <laughs> at the thrift store. Um, and it's funny. And then people watch it on YouTube. And then next thing you know, oh, and the song gets stuck in their head and they're going to buy the album. And um, and he gets all the I mean, they gave them a percentage of the sales, but like he's make they're making the majority of the money. Yeah. Um, Which is, you know, and like when you look at when you look at something like that, you got to think like, man, like. If I can do that, if I can, if I can get on a song like Chance did, if I can make a stupid, funny video like Malcolm Moore, if I can, you know, with with them is that they made 
they made the music that they wanted to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't um, like Chance the Rapper. I don't know where his songs charted, <laughs> but I mean, it was still. Part, I mean, that part really didn't yeah. matter. I know with Macklemore, he had two number one songs, or maybe maybe three. I don't know, but still, um, they made the music that they wanted to. Mm-hmm. You may hear Thrift Shop in a club. Well, probably not anymore because yeah. people are ashamed of themselves. For having listened to Macklemore, I mean, I'm not. I mean, Thrift Shop is cheese. It was fun music. <laughs> it, like, yeah, it's, it's it, fun. It's it's cheesy. It's but not meant to change the world. <laughs> you know. It, yeah. It, yeah. It wasn't social commentary. No. It was about just someone buying some cheap clothes and having fun with it. Um, <laughs> but like, can't hold this. That's not a song you play in a in a club. No. But it still has that energy. It's um, like a sports still, song. Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. it's an anthem. You yeah. know, um, and people can get behind that, but you don't hear, you don't see a lot of that. In, well, maybe you do it, but not, probably not too much. No, well, but especially more the concern is, can it get on the radio and be played in clubs and mm-hmm. will people dance to it and, and buy it? Not, and that's a record rather, company can question. Can you connect to it? That's a record company question. And that's a question when your chance, when you're Malcolm Moore, you don't have to think about that. Right. You like, just I make the songs you want. Exactly. Same love. I don't think it's made if you have a record deal. No. Like that doesn't, you know, that's so that's, that's so that is social commentary. Well, and also not only would that song get buried, um that song probably wouldn't get recorded in the first place mm-hmm. because he's not because on the heist the artists that they work with there were nobody. Who is who is Ray Dalton? <laughs> who is Wands? Who is Mary Lambert? Mhm. Who is um who is Evan Roman? I don't know yeah. who these people are. So they got they, so they work with people that they knew and and just people that they wanted to work with. It was you could have probably called it the Seattle album, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a bunch of people from the Northwest. So yeah, I mean, with Chance the Rapper, yeah, he got Lil Wayne and Two yeah. Chains. I mean, so, hey, but maybe, he had star power though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he would get. Sometimes you'll get the star power mm-hmm. behind you, and maybe that's what it that's what it takes. Or yeah. you can work with people you know and trust mm-hmm. that you know will help you put out good good music. And I think with Chance, it was more so like I was on your song. We had a good time, right? All right, you want to do it again? You want to put it on my <laughs> album this time? And it was just kind of like you know, and I, and that, and it's just you know, like I guess two people with just different paths. Um, and I guess to segue there, I wanted to bring up um, the other artist when I brought up this this uh, episode I did, which is Lisa Loeb, um, who was the first artist to ever have a number one song on Billboard, the Billboard Hot 100, without a record deal, which back then was a really big deal. Yeah, that was um, it was unheard of. I mean, it, was, it, was di- it was a different time. It really was. Um, <laughs> and I mean, and what propelled that was a connection. Um, she knew Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke was in the Ben Stiller directed movie Reality Bites, Reality Bites. and um, you know Ethan Hawke played the song. He get, basically it was it's almost kind of like one of those like it was very storybook. Like I knew somebody who knew somebody that knew somebody. <laughs> you know, I would say like there's always like we don't get those those stories where uh, you hear a lot in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. There's that that FM radio DJ yeah. who who they they get the songs they get the they get the final mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'll play. The song that's supposed to be the single, mm-hmm. but then oh, you know what? Let me let me play this other yeah, song. I like this, I like this deep cut here. Let's play this. <laughs> like this other, and then that becomes a hit. Yeah. So this was one. Yeah, this is definitely one of the stories to where um, someone knows somebody who knows yeah. somebody, and just like with um, 
well, I don't know if they would be considered any, but like the Proclaimers mm-hmm. with the 500, 500 miles. miles. That was a song they had made like four years before Benny and June. Mm-hmm. But um, was I it forget a, her name. Winona Ryder? No. No, it was it was one of the actors in the movie. I thought it was. Hold on, who was in Benny and June? <laughs> Mary Stewart Masterson, or maybe yeah, because I know one of them was else. a fan of the band, right? Yeah, okay. and she pre- and she gave that to the um, to the director or the screenwriter, like, hey, can we put this song in the movie? Mm-hmm. And then and then that becomes it. But it was yeah, you're by, right, Mary Stewart Masterson, just by you know happenstance. So. This is one of those. This is the the indie version of the of the happenstance yeah. story. <laughs> and um, so, like with someone like Lisa Loeb, you know, um, they put it on the soundtrack. It it blows up. And like I said, but when you were talking, like right after that, she gets a record deal. Like if that happened today, you'd continue to release your own music yeah. on your own. Yeah, there would. She wouldn't have signed a record. No, deal. No, she wouldn't have because she has. Um, the attention that the, she had, she would have social media mm-hmm. and the technology um, at her fingertips. Yeah, I mean, not and no one's faulting. No, that's what she had so, to do back she, then. This was unprecedented. Yeah, <laughs> there's probably you know I can imagine like the scene someone bringing her a magazine is like, hey, you're number one. H- how? <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> and then like you know, or let's bring it in like you know, like you, for some reason I think RCA Records. You bring it into the the head of RCA Records, like oh this. Lisa Loeb chick is number one. Like, who's Lisa Loeb? Who she signed with? No one. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean, no one? She's so, not signed. Like, if you were independent and you had, you know, any kind of success, you were supposed to sign a record yeah, deal. Yeah, exactly. You were supposed to do it. Um, but now, you know, there are artists, well, you know, mentioning Boyce Avenue. Yeah. They release their own. People probably, you may not even know who Boyce Avenue is. Uh, but and they do have their own material. Yeah, it's not the greatest, <laughs> but, but they have. <laughs> they are known for doing covers and posting videos on YouTube. But uh, you know they they make a lot of money touring in Europe mm-hmm. and Asia. All over, yeah, you know, uh, so even American acts don't necessarily have to go have to stay in America to be successful. That is true. Um I think other countries around the world, I don't know if it's they're more sophisticated with their music or they are maybe they're more like I don't know about you, but they're more like me to where they are searching for new music yeah. in many different many different ways. Um to where uh you know, they'll if there they could there could be demand for a Boyce Avenue in in Ireland. Yeah, to come <laughs> to out here and play these songs. They yeah. will come out and play some song. They'll play their original material and mm-hmm. and and tour the UK for uh, for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they make, make good money. all the money because they don't they it's all them. It's their yeah. own company. Um, and it's just and that's. I mean, like, honestly, even if you didn't see the TLC story, that's if you find out that you can do it, especially nowadays, why would you go to the big boys and and like, here, let me give you half of my money to do what I can already do. And that could also um, that also reminded me, like, with signing with a record, like, like it has to be done. Mm-hmm. And but not necessarily as you can look at uh, Donald Glover mm-hmm. with, with Childish Gambino. He released a few mixtapes on his own, and he was getting the buzz nationally. Yeah, you know he's able to go on tour. You know, and he he just has a mixtape out that he that he produced himself. 
and labels did approach him, but they saw him as a as an actor comedian first. Yeah. So they thought it was just a temporary thing. Mm hmm. And then he signs with Glassnote because they were really one of the only labels that when they when they talked to him, they thought of him as an artist. Like, okay, well, you know, um, we could help produce this album. You know, we could, you know, you be able to do these things. Yeah. You can work with, you know, you'll be work. You can work with our other artists on the label or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, but they approached him as if he was an artist. Yeah. Um, and not because he's telling dick jokes that he can't, <laughs> that he can't do that he can't make a, a, a serious album. Um, so you know that's why he would sign with somebody like them. And you can look at you know other artists who have signed with. If you sign with the label, they sign with a smaller label. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because yeah. I mean nowadays, um, one of the things I would always say, like with the death of the record label all the record label can do now is give you like within before um, the rise of social media, all a record label could do is give you promotion because we have, you know, tons of people and we have, you know, tons of smart people, but now with Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, I don't need you. Like I can promote myself. If I've got like, if I've got 10 million followers on, on Instagram, I don't need you. Because all I have to do is go on there and t- and, they- and they're engaged. All I got to yeah. do is go on there and say, hey, I just released something and boom, they're gone. Like at this point, like honestly, like a lot of artists, if they weren't in record deals, like Ariana Grande's, the Taylor Swift of the world, they really don't need record labels at this point. Um, they're probably just on them just because, well, I signed a deal and I have to. I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see some of them like get out of their record deals um, because they're successful. They're rich. It's cheaper to record albums. I mean, may, the only thing I could maybe see them staying on them with for is is for support when it comes to touring. Because if you have a record label, you can make your tour even bigger. Um, I imagine it's very expensive to do an overseas, like an international tour. So I could maybe see that being the only reason. But like, as far as like being able to release your your own stuff and um, promote it, I mean, like you can do all of that through social media. And not to mention, if you've got a, a crazy fan base like the Beehive or I don't know if they're the Swift Army. I don't know, but like. I mean, hell, like there was one, there was one time where Taylor Swift, um, they just got wind that like a track of silence got released on iTunes and it like catapulted to the top of the charts. Like that's how hungry these sorts of fan bases are to where it's just like, you could fart on a record and they're like, Oh, download, 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 download. And it's just like, so at that point, like, what do I need a record company for (laughs) to Uh, tell me not to fart on my records? (laughs) (laughs) There is, um, you know, it's maybe it, it is. It's it may seem to be greater to have that record deal to have yeah. those people behind you, but once you start getting the recognition, that's why I think um, Chance the Rapper winning Best New Artist is probably the most game changing mm-hmm. music thing I've ever seen in mm-hmm. like at least the last twenty years. I agree, if not longer. Um, because he is the, he embodies all of the, you know, all the guy, all the, all the rappers out there, all the artists out there who put their stuff up on SoundCloud and Bandcamp and YouTube and formerly MySpace yeah. and my, <laughs> well, probably still yeah. MySpace. 
But, you know, just getting their stuff out there and and the in the right people know like it it may not have to be someone from a record label to notice it. It mm-hmm. could just be the right the right artist. Like, oh I you know, I um you know, if a Kanye West vouches for you. Yeah. Or if uh if a Taylor Swift vouches for or you know, y'all know how Justin Bieber was discovered. You do. You do. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Usher saw it or maybe someone showed a video to Usher mm-hmm. or whatever, but yeah, and it, yeah, it, it, it all it takes is the right person mm-hmm. to to vouch for you, and you, and and really, it's well, like you say, I'm like you would need a record label for a promotion. Yeah, for but not even really that much anymore. No, you can get you can get you know some independent management company mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. to help you organize a tour yeah. or to. Um, or to to get the material out there to get a merchandising mm-hmm. distribution or or whatever yeah you know um there are a lot of ways where people can do something for themselves and make as much as um as they would if they had a big contract for example if you've seen the if anyone's seen the MC Hammer movie <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, there's a scene in there and this really happened to where, um, when he started getting his music together and he starts performing different clubs in the, in Oakland, um, uh, a records that came up to him after performance and offered him like a hundred thousand dollars. And, you know, this was in the late eighties. So mm-hmm. it would have been considered a lot of money and yeah. he immediately turned it down. He made that much money selling the albums out of the trunk of his car, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so if he's, if he's having the success and making that much money, like it's what yeah. do I need you for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, so, uh, the, what could, is there a way for the record company, the big record company? Because well, there are only three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any way to where they could like come back from this, or or what do you think they or any strategies they could they could Maybe. switch to? Well, if they'd have to relinquish power, and they'd have to give because ultimately, what do artists want? They want freedom. They want the freedom to do whatever they want, and it's kind of a, it's almost like a, a catch twenty two because. Um, if, if you were honest about it for every chance, the rapper, there's a lot of, uh, there's like, you know, probably 10 other people who aren't chance, the rapper who just aren't good enough. Maybe they got on one song, got some attention and the rest of their stuff was garbage. Um, and people like that benefit. Those are the type of people who do benefit from the guidance, um, and the power that a record company has. Um, hence why you have like, you know, some artists that will get shoved down your throat. Because we're gonna make you're gonna we're gonna make you successful, even if it kills us. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna push you, um, and then like if you know if this effort was a good art, we'll get you back in here. We'll get you the best producers. We'll get you the best songwriters. We'll get you the best stylists. We're gonna basically we're gonna use our big machine to make you big. Chance didn't need that. Chance is charismatic. Um, in addition to being you know a good rapper, he's charismatic. Um, he's stylish, so he doesn't he didn't need all of that. Um, so I think you'll, you'll still have artists that do need that, but like the true talents are still going to stand out. Um, 
and then like but i think the dangerous thing could be also is you know if you if a record company does put all of this money into developing and making someone a star will they then turn their back on them when their deal is up you know i signed a five album deal my five albums are done i'm out kind of like frank ocean yeah you know will they just kind of turn their back and just i'm out deuces um so I think that's and but I think you know those artists are kind of few and far between and that's why we still have record companies. Um but in I I don't think they'll ever get back to where they were in the late 90s the early 2000s. It's just there's too much music out there and it's too easy to make it on your own. Like there's we'll never go back to that. Like there's and it's kind of sad because like and our guys artists from repertoire they're gone. Like gone are the days of you discovering you know Matchbox 20 was discovered at a bar in Orlando. That's not happening anymore. <laughs> now Matchbox 20 would be discovered on YouTube because of their cover of a Katy Perry song. Like that's how that's how and that's what we live in nowadays. You know, it's not good or bad, it's just it is what it is. With the, which also makes that interesting to me is is a show like Empire kind of Unrealistic. Well, it well of what course it's unrealistic. <laughs> it really is unrealistic, but it it may be more of a throwback than people mm-hmm. think it is, because you know how many artists really are making their albums in the building of the at like at a studio of the record company Probably that they are signed to. Not many. I mean, most people record anywhere. Like, I mean, hell, what um, Incubus. For Morning View, that means their living room. Yeah, they they <laughs> rented a house in California and recorded there. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, some people have like they'll they'll have studios they just like to go to. Electric Ladyland Studios was very popular. I think the Roots did some work there. Um, Tree Studio, Tree Sounds in Atlanta is very famous. Uh, you could look at uh, or or just how people record songs like um, Eminem recorded "Lose Yourself" mm-hmm. uh, in a makeshift vocal booth for his trailer while filming eight mile <laughs> yeah he filmed it between between uh between scenes and yeah. he, he did it in one take yeah um lil wayne recorded um i know he at least recorded the carter three if he probably still does this now whenever he's out on tour mm-hmm. um put a little uh, booth thing on his tour bus yeah I believe the Foo Fighters record everything at dave grohl's house now like he in his house in virginia he built a studio i think since um, the the third album, there's nothing left to lose. He built the studio and just everything is is there. <laughs> like, yeah. we don't need the record label. I mean, they still have a deal, but it's just like, and I will say too, um, there are certain artists I do believe that at a certain level, you dictate your own terms. Like, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I think they're still with RCA, but I don't think anyone's coming to Dave Grohl and being like, oh, we don't hear a single. It's more so, is the album ready, Mr. Grohl? Like, it's, you know, like, I don't think there's certain artists that you, they dictate the terms because they, they're they so successful. They're so trustworthy. Who am I to question them, you know? And I think, like, in a in another another way, you, well, I don't know if you'd like this um, because you, you, you were very critical of her. I'm, of course, talking about Beyonce. Um, I think she has the, um, some of the, behaviors of an indie artist as far as like making yeah. music. Oh no, she does. Like okay, she may have a lot of, she may have a, a team of writers behind her or, or whatever. But she can make an album in secret. Mm-hmm. The label doesn't know about it. Yeah. Um fans don't know about it. 
and then all of a sudden, you know, this project drops out of the sky. And it's and I will say this, it's on her own terms. So yeah. she does have a team of writers, but it's writers that she chose. She has a team of producers, <laughs> but it's producers that she chose. Like it's not like I didn't have to go to the record company to get their approval. I didn't have to go to the record company to get their okay. You know, or their or even their really their support. Um, like, hey, I got this high power producer. Can you front me some money? No, I'm worth almost half a billion dollars. I I got this. <laughs> um, and not to mention, I'm quite possibly the biggest artist in the world with a rabid fan base. Trust me, you know. <laughs> um, which sometimes I I do mention I trust uh, Matthew Knowles more, but I mean she has been successful since you know their partnership ended. So once again, who am I to question her judgment? You know, I don't like her material, but it's not for, it's not for me. <laughs> I'm not in that demographic. It's not for me. So, but yeah, but I know what you. Yeah, the, exactly. the point was no. Yeah, so. she does. Behave, she does behave like an indie artist, though. Like she does yeah. everything on her terms. Which, and I think, due to the success she's had both as in Destiny's Child and as a solo artist, she's earned that right. Definitely. Um. But uh, like I said, I I can't. It's hard to see like a major label making some kind of comeback. No, um, unless. <laughs> They create distribution deals that just can't be can't be beat. Uh, they can't be beat. But yeah. who's buying CDs? Exactly. Um, you can partner with streaming services like with Spotify or Pandora, Title, mm-hmm. but the exclusivity is that. I mean, only certain artists can get away with that. Yeah. Like Beyonce, that's something Beyonce or Kanye could get away with. Mm-hmm. Um, being exclusive to one streaming service. Um, so I think um, it's going to be, it's going to be up to people to find different ways to, for the, for the artist, you know, it, you're not going to get the, the Lisa Loeb story mm-hmm. or That's even just not going to have, or the F the late night FM DJ. It's just yeah. not going to happen. Or even the other story that we brought up, um, the well, actually, this I guess it's not similar, but the Boston issue, not Boston issue, but like how they basically came to a record company with a finished product, <laughs> right? Like I feel like that's almost more that would almost more fit today. <laughs> like we went, we recorded this at our home. It's really good. Oh yeah, we don't have to do anything to it. Like that was a little odd. Now that I think about it, to really think about it, like that was very odd back then. Like that's more of what would happen now. Yeah. Like here's our finished product. Wait, when when was that? That wasn't had to be like nineteen seventies or something like that when they released that album. It was yeah. the first album, right? Yeah, it was the it was the self titled. Um, it was seventy six. Seventy six. Yeah, yeah. That that more <laughs> so fits today. Kind. Yeah. Um. But yes, so yeah, you're. I mean, I I agree though. Like, it's gonna be very difficult for the major record label to justify his existence, its purpose, if you will. And that's why there are only three left <laughs> because it's just like, at this point is I don't need you. Um, you, you just, you're just not doing anything for me. And now, you know, with chance a rapper winning a Grammy as a completely independent artist that doesn't release any physical material and doesn't answer to anyone any label. but himself. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you, we're gonna see more of this. Like it was, you know, the um, I guess you could say what Lisa Loeb laid down, what Malcolm Moore tried, and now Chance the Rapper has perfected. Like it's, you know, 
I would like to. Well, I guess he does because I was like, I would like to hear Chance Rapper make a song like "Can't Hold Us Down," to where he's like, you know, labels can't tell me nothing. But I feel like every other track is kind of that. You know, if one more yeah. label tries to stop me, <laughs> that was that. That's his. Um, that's his "Can't Hold Us Down." Basically, like, get out of my lobby, <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's uh. It's like to have that kind of freedom artistically. Mm-hmm. That is what uh, I think so many other, that's what every artist should aspire to mm-hmm. like to where not only you're able to make the music that you want on your own terms, mm-hmm. but then uh, aside from that, you can set up the tour. However mm-hmm. you want, you can make the music videos you want. You can get an endorsement deal with Kit Kat <laughs> and the Lyrica label can't get any of that. Yep. There, there are no 360 or deals. Here. They can't tell you to not do it. They can't, they can't tell you to not do <laughs> it. They can't be like, uh, well, you know, we have a long-standing deal with Snickers, so you can't work with the Kit Kat. No, I want to work with Kit Kat. I'm gonna work uh, with Kit Kat. This is a Snickers. This is a Snickers. Label. <laughs> this is a Snickers label. <laughs> you can't do that. I and honestly, you know, the tour aspect. Do you think if you know if if Malcolm or Ryan Lewis are signed to a record label? that they're okay with footing the bill for not only Malcolm or Ryan Lewis, but every artist from the album, because that's what they did. They brought every artist from the album. The record label might be like, mm, that's a bit pricey. You know, we'll just play recordings. Like, no, I'm bringing these people with me. This is Seattle, the album. That's what I'm going to start calling this. <laughs> this is Seattle, the album. The heist is officially known as Seattle, the album. <laughs> I mean, hell, when you got Sir Mix-a-Lot coming out there and co-signing on it, you know, go Seattle. Um, I don't know. That was just funny to me. He was like, oh, another rapper from Seattle? All right. Word. Let's promote him. Let's talk about him. <laughs> it was a white dude. I don't care. It's Seattle, man. It's Seattle. Um, so, yeah, like, it's just you You have that that ultimate. And like you said, no 360 deals. You know, I'm not, I can't get a part of your touring and your merchandising and whatever else you do. Um, if you're in any movies. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you're, if you do a Kit Kat commercial. Yeah. Uh, Even though we're a Snickers company, I'm sorry. That's just funny. <laughs> it's a Snickers house. <laughs> uh, just getting a piece of everything, yeah. And you know, like your your name is your name, mm-hmm. and you you, you got to do everything you can to to keep that, you know. Um, and you don't you have if you're an, if you're an independent artist, stay independent as long as you can, yeah. And you know, you'll be able to, you'll have that freedom that, that you mm-hmm. want. Even if it's regional. Cause I yeah. think that's something we didn't, we haven't really spoke on. Like there are regional independent artists that make a good living being independent. This, well, this may be a bad example, but it, there, I think that she has fans out there for people who watch love and hip hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rashida. Okay. Uh, has released several albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, all on on her own with her with her husband. They they write produce them her themselves. They have some other known artists on there. I mean, she had Young Jock on a few songs, but he's from here. So yeah. I mean, a lot of her stuff would be considered local, regional, yeah. but they make a good living. They mm-hmm. they they make good money. They have a yeah. few houses so, yeah, that's the thing. I mean they're all they're can. doing it all themselves because if you think about it like if you are if you're a regional act that's making a lot of money without the aid of a record label it's all your money yeah so even if you're making you know whereas maybe on a record label you might be able to make a million dollars a year but as an independent artist maybe you're making seven hundred thousand dollars a year 
well, that's all your money. Like that a million that you're making, some of that you might have to give back to your record label. You might have to give to different promotional avenues. Another artist that, that could be included in that conversation is, is Soldier Boy. Yeah. Is he, uh, who is, is he, is he independent? Soulja I Boy? think he is independent. He, he's, it seems like he releases an album, uh, every seven to 10 days <laughs> <laughs> or at least a new song. Um, but, like I haven't heard even like a tenth of these songs. I mean, yeah. I, I have not gotten past uh, uh, what his second was. So his second album was called like "I Soldier Boy Tell Him." Yeah, and, like "Kiss Through Kiss Me Through the, the Phone." phone. That or song was uh, or or Bird Walk. I haven't gotten past that. But he's making money. That was like eight years ago. <laughs> but he's made all these other albums. He's making money off of that. He's touring all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's through. uh, If it's him, he's he 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 produces most, if not all of his own stuff. Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, maybe you and I don't listen to it. I mean, he's got a fan base somewhere. Yeah. So he's able to do these make this music himself and make all of the money off of it. Yeah. That's why it appears he's worth so much money because he's actually um, making this money. You know, I just thought about too, and this is, it's not necessarily off topic, but another regional artist. So Andrea Perro never yeah. signed a record deal, had his song, you know, recorded by faith Hill. And just, I guess he was just like, I don't need a record company anymore. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to make money off of this for the rest of my life. I, Cause I wanted to check to see if he ever signed, and he never signed to a record label. He still tours. He still records. Um, yeah. So yeah, I agree, man. If you can, if you can stay independent because you found a revenue stream, whether it be you wrote a song for somebody, or like a chance the rapper, you just happen to be, you know, you happen to have that mass appeal. Do it, man. Because it's all your money. Like no one's getting it. It's all and, your money. Uh, and have other, not just with your music, but if you have, if you can make. Um, you know, if you if you're into fashion mm-hmm. and you can tie that into your music, if you have um, other avenues as far as, you know, YouTube videos, if you if you edit and pr- or produce your own music videos or, or something mm-hmm. like that, have and have that tie into your music. Um, and I would also recommend I mean, you, it doesn't have to be to New York, L.A. or Atlanta, but moving to a major city It helps. Yeah, it's not necessary anymore, but it helps. I mean, yeah. like, not to get the you know the record deal with Sony, you yeah. Know, but I gotta make it. Gotta make it. But you know, <laughs> if you're in a major city and and have some success there, but just and just to be successful regionally and and independent, mm-hmm. and you're, um, you can, you can make money that way. Yeah, and yeah. music videos are cheap to make nowadays. I mean, yeah, like you with, with using yeah. using your phone. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> no, it's it's. Yeah, it's all the tools. Technology, technology is what's really helping. Which one thing I saw this? Um, I'll show you the uh, the the video after. But there's this thing called a, a the Roland mixer mm-hmm. to where you know since the the acoustic version of a pop song is a popular genre on YouTube. Yes, yeah, very popular. <laughs> you can plug your guitar into this mixer, then plug in your phone. Uh, from the headphone jack into the mixer and there might be one more thing but 
the sound from the guitar mm-hmm. is heard much more with better quality oh, wow. in the video. <laughs> and then once you make the video, you can upload it right up to YouTube mm-hmm. and, you know, um, but that, that mixer helps the, the music sound better if you're, you know, you're doing this all in one take or whatever. So mm-hmm. you don't have to do the studio version necessarily, yeah. or that could be the studio yeah. version. <laughs> Man, that, um, I feel like Boyce Avenue had something to do with that. Like that's because everything they used to do was acoustic. And I mean, honestly, they're still like they're I swear they put out like four or five, maybe six acoustic albums a year yeah. of covers. And like they're getting plays like the plays are in the millions. <laughs> so people are listening um, and they're making millions just off mm. of, you know, off of YouTube covers and giving music to the people directly um, and touring, it's it's so crazy what you can do. And, and to some people, you know, like, oh, well, they're not that big. Well, they're millionaires. Are you? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a millionaire. You yeah, know? they're not played. You don't need. You don't need the radio. No, you don't. And you know what? As a matter of fact, I always found this to be funny. Um, Paramore fans might be mad at me, but Paramore never got radio play until their self-titled album. Um, well, honestly, well. I forget the album before that one, the right. um, only exception, the one with the only exception. I think it was Beautiful okay. Eyes or Bright Eyes. They never charted on the Billboard Hot 100. And then when the self-titled comes out, um, Ain't It Fun was their first, was their highest sing, like five albums in almost, is when they start to get Billboard success. But everyone knows who Paramore is because they, you know, they're you know a female lead singer who's very empowering. Um, they tour a lot. They were in Twilight. Dear, dear God. Um, so it's like, you know, you're right. You don't need the radio because they never got really played on the radio. They never got on Billboard. And they were doing just fine. <laughs> they were an independent, but they were doing just fine. I think they were fueled by Ramen. Yeah. Which I feel is basically an independent label. It's like, an label. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just like they just they've always just felt very independent. Like they just <laughs> to be called fueled by Ramen like you just, you know. You, you get to have a certain mindset, that's, that's, and that's also trying a little hard to like <laughs> let you know that they are independent. Like, uh, what do you guys eat? Ramen, <laughs> lots of ramen. <laughs> um, anything else in particular you want to add to this conversation? Mm, nothing I can think of. I think we've we've covered our thoughts on independent artists <laughs> fairly well and um, major labels. We 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 know a few. Uh, ourselves so if you can do it yourself uh just yeah please mm-hmm. <laughs> for your yeah. own sake yeah we we highly recommend it yeah all right so what we'll do here is get to your earworm my earworm of the week uh this is this band's second appearance i believe on our list um but this was actually the first song i heard by this group it's from a group from australia called alpine of the down under yes <laughs> and um they uh i didn't know they did one uh, but i like watching the npr tiny desk concerts okay okay and they did um they did one of those so they have been to america <laughs> <laughs> uh but this is the first song i heard by them um it's called foolish um, I thought it was like some weird cardigans remix, mm-hmm. but no, not, not exactly. Okay. So this is foolish by Alpine. And, uh, once it plays, 
We will then be right back. That is Foolish by Alpine from their album Yuck. <laughs> I like that title. <laughs> and uh, that is added to our BTT, uh, BTT YHT Earworms playlist on Spotify right now. Sponsors. Mm-hmm. And um, you can listen to that and all our other earworms. We're now up to. Uh, 87 songs. What's the uh, runtime? Five, almost five and a half hours. That's a, that's a road trip playlist, people. <laughs> <laughs> I um, might listen to that on my way down to Jacksonville this summer. Hot Rod Hearts is uh, still missing. So they have not gotten my threatening letters. <laughs> <laughs> well, threatening them isn't really going to, uh, it's not going to help things. I'll I'll take uh, Robbie Dupree hostage. <laughs> And go to the Spotify headquarters <laughs> and threaten to shoot him. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you hear this, Robbie Dupree, because there's I, for some reason since um, I've, I've commented on things he's commented on, so I don't know why. But I think he could hear this somehow, like because he knows the unnamed guest who I need to work on getting him on here. Um, oh, he knows yeah. him on Facebook, and he, they were commenting on stuff. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he knows <laughs> all those people. It was so weird. It was like a, um, I don't know. It's like a comment section of like. Like this would have been huge in the eighties or the seventies. Like this would have been a bigger deal. <laughs> yeah, we um, yeah we got to get him on. We, we yeah. need we need story time. It's like oh snap, it's Matt Wilder. Oh my god! Like <laughs> like in the seventies, eighties, that's a huge thing. Like now you're like who? <laughs> okay. Um. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to have story time with yeah. him. Um. 
So it's going to bring us to the end of the episode. So Ben, can you tell the people where we can be found? Mm-hmm. You can find us on by the time you hear this dot com. Who's that was Expedia, right? I yeah. Think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta give, gotta give credit. Um, all the episodes are posted there with, with videos and links to stories. Um, and the episode, um, via Podomatic, you can go on there at Podomatic to subscribe to us. Um, we can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Castbox, Satchel Podcast, TuneIn Radio. Um, you can also find us, um, on Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this, spelled with the word you. Um, if you want to find us on the more stylish social media, that would be Instagram. You can find us at by the time you hear this, spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, and then, um, I think that's, yeah, that's, those are the places to find us. Yeah. Well, you can email us if you want to email us by the time you hear this, uh, spelled the same way as Instagram at gmail.com. Drop us a line, comment, um, leave us a comment on Facebook, leave us a comment on Instagram, leave us a comment on, um, on the, um, on the website, it's blog style. So you can comment. Um, yeah, yeah. Leave your thoughts on the episode. I mean, like, listen to it. You don't agree. Let us know. Yes, please. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Give us, give, give us like, I, I, I always advocate give us your own because five, um, tell us your, maybe, you know, your favorite chance rapper song, Malcolm Moore song, Lisa Loeb song, Boston song. I mean, like, Hey, this is my favorite indie artist and this is their favorite song. Leave, you know, anything. It mean, anything. It'd be like the, the top five rappers you hate. Um, yeah. If you, if you find a fourth and fifth big record label, uh, let us know. <laughs> We only know if where they've been three. hiding. Where, <laughs> where are they? Um, if you're one of those hipster yeah. Macklemore fans, I was a I was a fan before the heist. <laughs> I mean, cool, you know. All hey, right, yeah, whatever. I was you, a, okay, you saw him perform at the Kingdom. Yeah, before it was demolished. I was a I fan before Coloring Book. You know, like, <laughs> or the infamous. I was a fan before um, Stay. I missed you. If you saw her performing in coffee shops, real real fact. She was roommates with Duncan Sheik. They played in a band together. He played drums. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So if you if you somehow, as a matter of fact, yeah, if if you saw Lisa Loeb back in the early nineties playing in coffee shops, I want to talk to you. Yeah. You probably got stories. I want to talk we to you. Know what that's like? Yeah. When she finished playing, was there just like a very awkward silence? <laughs> are you are you heard dishes clattering yeah, from the that's, kitchen? That's what I'm imagining. You heard dishes clattering and someone saying, "I'll take a large mocha." <laughs> and she's like, she's just thinking in her head, like, "That song's gonna be big. It's gonna be big. Y'all don't know nothing. It's gonna be big." <laughs> the only thing, I think, like, but now the weird thing is, like, every time I think of Lisa Loeb now. I'm trying to figure out on that last episode of Gossip Girl that she Did was she in Mary Rufus. I think so. I believe she was married to Rufus. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. But yeah, she's in that last episode. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cause they met on that yeah. tour, right? The nineties revival the 90s tour nostalgia tour or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it was the VH one special. Yeah. No like VH one. Mm-hmm. I think they sponsored it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but yeah, yeah, she was on their cat eye glasses and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's going to bring it to the end of the episode. And uh, what should we end the show with? Um, end with I Miss You. Stay. Stay, I Missed You. The first number one song by an unsigned artist. So Lisa Loeb, the original independent artist. Yes, we know there there were some before her. But 
She's she made the, it. Yeah, she she made it as an independent. We first. out here, fam. We made it, fam. That's why. Um, and you know what? You know what verse I'm going to play? Which one? I'm going to play the storyteller, VH1 storytellers. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know she did a storytellers. Yeah, that's a show that needs to come back. That was such a good show. Yeah, that was like unplugged. Mm-hmm. Only they would actually talk about the song. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So she may talk about the song first. I'm not sure. I, I'm not familiar with this particular track from the storytellers, but we're going to play that version and we're going to end the show there. So thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. Or anywhere with you